There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Before we start this exciting episode today, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. We have now been doing three bootcamps. We're getting ready for our fourth one coming up in July. And it is unquestionably the most life-changing thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I'm now going to be taking my fifth bootcamp. This bootcamp was channeled in December of 2018. We had the first bootcamp on January 4th. The second one started January or February 7th. And the third one started in April. The fourth one is starting July 8th, and you have a chance to get in on this now. Simply send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com, and I will send you some information, and we'll have a conversation about it. You can talk to me directly about this, as well as any other previous bootcamp member. There's been about 50 who have gone through, and every single one of them has had some kind of life-changing experience as a result of the bootcamp. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a eight-week intensive course that we take together as a group. We go into it during week one. Everyone has a coach. There's reading material. There's homework. There's assignments to do every week. We have coaching calls. We have special Joshua Lives. And it all culminates in an eight-week intensive kind of process. It takes you from wherever you are now vibrationally, and it moves you step-by-step, week-by-week, to a completely new idea of what life is all about, what you're all about, how the system of physical reality actually works, what the laws of the universe are, and it teaches you how to engage in those laws to become the most effective and less limited version that you've ever been. Once you do this, once you become effective in understanding how to work with the laws of the universe, as opposed to how we all did it before, including me, how we were sort of living in opposition of how the system works. You step into your true power. You receive the keys that engage the law of attraction. Keys that you may have understood them to some extent, But because of this process, it's an active participation process, you realize how the system works. You realize what you were doing to limit yourself, and you simply drop those limitations. You become highly effective. So the next boot camp starts early July. We're getting everyone ready to go. There should be about 50 or 60 people in this boot camp. You can be in this boot camp too. But you have to send me an email joshuateachings at gmail.com, and you have to talk to me about it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that this is something for you. We'll have a conversation. I'll explain it to you in detail, and we'll go from there. Don't let your fear stop you. If you have some inkling that you want to move in the direction of who you are, if you want to find your soul's purpose and develop yourself as an effective co-creator with the universe, to create the life you truly desire, the life that I have found, the life that others have found, well, join us. All it takes is a simple email to me to get the process started, and we'll go from there. But push past your fear and send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this, and enjoy our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. 
Today, we're going to get into sort of an interesting question. It's sort of like consciousness and understanding, you know, what source is and what life is doing and how evolution works and all that stuff. It's hard to explain, but we have this question from Jessica, and she's asking about animals and why do animals come to earth and do they see themselves as an aspect of source or are they completely detached from that? And can you communicate with animals and you, can you receive inspiration or information or you know knowledge from trees and rocks and animals and stuff like that? So this is going to be a like ethereal kind of spiritual conversation today. And so it's going to be a lot of fun because we have a whole crew together. So I would like to welcome Kyla Hinton. Hi, Kyla. Hello. And Wendy Pierce. Hi, Wendy. Hey, Gary. Hi, everybody. And Tracy DeLuise. Hi, Trace. Hello, everyone. And Mark Shada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> there he is. So Mark is in Greece doing some tapping. He tapped his way through yeah. Greece. Yeah, great. <laughs> that fun. Greece was awesome. <laughs> it's near Athens. And um, then it was fun. We did like little, they had like little beach clubs that we, you know, that we, one day we went to a beach club. And then after the training, we went to an island. Um, and then we went to, you know, the, what, you know, the, um, the what's called the Plaka in, in Athens mm, I've been there. and the Parthenon. And, um, and we had great weather and the food, you know, the food is amazing and mm. and lots of wine and lots of learning and insights great trip yeah that's a fun that's thing awesome. that you do with the tapping is you go all over the world yeah yeah that's yeah awesome. and and you know people at the training just people from all over the world people from germany from you know from sweden just so it's a whole cross it's a worldly event that's mm. great how yeah. fun Cool. Well, we're glad to have you back. We've, you know, actually we had some really good podcasts. I don't know if they were the best we ever did. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. I would just say we soldiered on without in. It was tough, but the whole best podcast ever. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll so, have to top that now, Mark, now that yeah. you're here. You well, let me ask you, if you think, and I'm saying this seriously, don't feel feel bad. If you think it, this today would be a better podcast without me, oh, I'm about out. <laughs> well, here's what will happen is I'll listen to it afterwards and yeah. I'll edit you out if you're no good. Just edit me out? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I can save you the time and effort. Just let me know. <laughs> no. All right, bye, Mark. Be yourself. <laughs> be yourself and be as good as you – be the best you've ever been, and then maybe you'll make the cut. Okay, but I'm a little jet-lagged. Like, I haven't been sleeping last three days. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's like nice. assholes, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <more excuses. laughs> well, how, in what way, Wendy? Everyone's got one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mark, you can use this as your excuse – to maintain your alignment or as your excuse to knock yourself out of alignment. There's a little lesson hey, here for you. Okay, guys, don't pull that Joshua shit on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, good. All right, so okay. All this, right, good. <laughs> this conversation we're going to have today is more of a higher level kind of big picture idea. And it's fun. It was an interesting question. I didn't think I was going to use it for the round table. And then I'm like looking at, looking at it and going, well, it's a long answer, but it's pretty cool. And it gives us another perspective of why we're here and how things work and who we are, especially those of us who are contemplating that there's more going on in physical reality than meets the eye. And why is that? How have we evolved to this level where we've come to embrace these teachings that are, you know, sort of out there and radical and still have fun as humans and still interact and still do all the stuff we do and, and still go in and out of alignment and, you know, still try and try and raise our vibration to become this most effective and who we truly are, most authentic version of ourselves. And why are we doing all this and how are we inspired to do this? And it's pretty cool. So the nice thing about Joshua is Joshua is only giving us perspectives and we have the choice of perspective. So we can embrace this higher perspective if we want to, or we can see everything from our limited perspective, but we always have that choice. 
And is there benefit of the higher perspective? What is there? Or what's this lower perspective that we had in the past or that other people you can see are inferior? They have a more limited perspective. And we're going to talk about that today. Cool. Yeah. So then, um, Mark, do you have a quote for today? Yes, I do. You preface this by saying that you couldn't really find a good quote for today. Sort of like giving you an out. No expectations. Yes. Yeah. Now we have no expectations, you know. It's if it's not, if it, okay, I just want to go on the record and say if yeah. this is not the best podcast ever, it's because of the quote. About the quote. Yeah. Or I, I just might suck the whole time. So it'd be the quote and me. Anything. Won't be the first time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so hard on him. Poor Mark, Mark, we know you're tired and you just picked oh, the man. first quote that you found. So no. just go ahead. Read I it. Just I the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, you are having fun. Uh, <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> Yeah, well, you should have heard. I guess you apparently you didn't listen to the last podcast when you weren't here, because that's all we did for the whole time. Yeah, talk about you. Talk about Mark. It was the Mark <laughs> Shahada bashing show. You're co- your co-host Gary Temple Bodley. Uh, might be able to find that and delete it somehow. <laughs> make, make it disappear. <laughs> all right, we're wow. just kidding. Yeah. All right. Did you so get I'm gonna read this world traveler. Yeah, I'm going to read this quote and then I might take a little nap. Just a little nap. <laughs> and then I'll be back. You guys don't mind. Um, will we yeah. notice? Wait, will we? <laughs> Just from the snoring, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and the quality might get better. All right, here we go. The animals are fine. They all choose their own reality. They create their own reality. They set intentions prior to their birth into this reality. For the most part, they intend to live in joy, feeling what it's like to be physical. They come to refresh the planet. They come to be food. They come in and out of physical reality with ease. Some come with more specific intentions, and so they become those animals that cause humans to think more about animals. If you have ever ever witnessed whales beaching themselves, this is to capture the intention of humans. This is done to bring love from humans to whales and other creatures. See how awful that quote is? That oh, that was good. Wow, that was one of my questions. I <laughs> that think was that was one of my answers that I got. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you find uh, that quote, Mark? Just that kidding. It's good. Where'd you find the quote? Um, I think it was a when question. Yeah, I think it was my That's question. Right. An answer. Yeah. That would have been perfect yeah. to have this morning. Last night, uh, the boys and I went outside to play with all the neighborhood kids, and we had Pedro with us. And he ran after some, or ran at something, and then all of a sudden had a baby bunny in his mouth. Aww. And we got it oh. out, and I thought it was fine, and I put it back in its little nest. And then we went, and the boys had gone back to check on it, and apparently his tooth had gotten a hole in its stomach, and so it wasn't doing well. And we went oh. back out and checked on it this morning, and it passed away. And so we gave it a whole little bunny funeral. <laughs> Oh. And like went around and said words, and that quote would have been the perfect quote to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was interesting because the the kids were all kind of like squabbling over different stuff this morning. We had a sleepover, and then they remembered the bunny, and everybody like rallied together, you know, and got over their differences for this bunny funeral. So it was interesting how that quote oh, look applied. At that. Like everybody yeah. came together to yeah, put on this little. That's the gift <laughs> for the bunny. Celebrate the yeah. bunny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and if you don't understand what's really happening here, then you, you know, take like we do with humans. If we see a human having suffering or having problems, we naturally want to intervene and solve their problems for them. Right. And when we do that, we look at it from a limited perspective. We don't really understand what's going on here. And we, we respond to urges to change conditions, mainly to make us feel better. But if we see it from a higher perspective, that they're going through their obstacle, whatever that is, and if we're inspired to do something, great, but we don't have to act on an urge to change their conditions for them. And this is true of all animals. Um, We seem to take on this role as this parent of the planet. And while, of course, that's part of who we are, it's not always so necessary. Because if you're acting on an urge to change the condition of the animals, well, you're not acting from inspiration. And so that, that urge is not going to be as powerful as it could be if you saw that everything was working out 
perfectly, that everything was evolving and expanding, and that if you received inspiration that led to some benefit, well, that was part of the progress of it all. Mm. But acting on urges to change conditions, like pushing the whales back in the ocean, we know that doesn't work. The whales just come right back, you know, mm. things like that. But, yeah. but when we have, when we pour out love to whales and to dolphins, then we change our shipping, our uh, fishing laws, and we, we, you know, do things that are of actual benefit to them. We think differently about sea world and killer whales and stuff like that. Right. Just more awareness. Yeah. Yeah, not that they're going through a problem, but they will be inspired to do whatever they deem necessary. And so this is one thing that they do, is to beach themselves. Yeah, this reminds me of like climate change. I know it's not about animals, but like, you know, um, how it seems like we are having urges to stop climate change or global warming. Um, what has is, what is Joshua said about that? So it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. If we have urges to change conditions, then we enact these laws that don't really do anything. But then someone like Elon Musk comes around and he's inspired to reinvent the car. And we can see this general trend towards electric cars, which will add to it. And then he's inspired to do solar panels on the roof so that we have this general trend towards you know, receiving energy from sustainable means. Not, and, yeah. and it's making everyone money. It's creating new industries. It's benefiting everything. There's a lot more power behind that idea right? You know, than you know, shutting down coal mines or whatever it is. And does Joshua ever talk about like, if the climate change is more man-made or just more natural changes? No, because Joshua would just show a perspective. So they wouldn't say anything's because of that, because that would lead people into acting on some urge to change the condition or in adopting a, a limiting belief, mm. you know? So whenever you help someone, really what you're doing is you are showing them a higher perspective, not telling them that what they're doing is right or wrong, but mm. saying, if you could see it from this perspective, then you would see the rightness in whatever the problem is. And we yeah. don't know what's coming. I have a feeling that there's at some point in the evolution of mankind, we'll be able to have influence over the weather. And that will be some invention that comes out of it, right? From an inspiration. And, but if you look at a lot of the things that they're doing to try and solve climate change, it's like, well, let's throw up these you know, pellets in the air that block the sun, and you don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be. Is that going to be effective or not? There's something that's going to come through. Uh, Joshua does talk about the fuel, you know, the energy crisis in the 70s when they thought there was maybe 10 years left of oil in the ground. And so they couldn't foresee new technology like the catalytic converter that instantly double, tripled, or quadrupled fuel reserves because it allowed cars to be way more efficient. And then there's achievements in different technology of discovering and extracting oil. And this will lead us to other sources of energy. So you just don't know what's coming. There could be another source of energy down the road. We were watching Chernobyl. Have you guys seen Chernobyl yet? Some of it. Yeah. It's a mini series about the Chernobyl nuclear event. And I always see these big disasters as this perfect storm of, you know, of like the synchronicity of screw up. Like everyone had to screw up all along the way in right. order for this to happen. Like it was almost impossible. And so it's a, it's a really interesting mini series. Yeah, And it just shows you that you could look at that event as part of the evolution of all this energy talk. Right. Because from there and from Three Mile Island and from Fukushima, these things are, are sort of causing us to, to fear nuclear energy. And this is why we're still using pretty old, you know, 50-year-old technology for this stuff, even in the modern nuclear plants now. 
but that it could go easily into nuclear fission and that would be an you know that's what the sun is this inexhaustible power supply so even these manifestation events that seem huge are like part of this progress towards where we're going to go right they seem like tragic yeah. tragedies and awful but at the, the time yeah at the time yeah and also the people who are involved in it were making these decisions based on pure fear that it was going to be way more catastrophic than it was. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they did, should I tell this or not? Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. they Spoiler wanted alert. to get this core is, is, you know, overheating and they have this fear that it's going to break through its concrete barrier and go through the earth and into the water system. So they had these 400 um, coal miners come in and dig a tunnel to put in this this thing that would cool it down so it wouldn't Mm. fall through the concrete. And they had no idea if that would work or not or or if they even needed to do it. And eventually they realized they didn't need to do it. They did it anyway. But of these 400 miners, you know, hundreds of them died early because of their, you know. Yeah. And then they had these guys, uh, they had stuff on the roof. They had to get off the roof. And they had all these ways to do it, but there's one way they couldn't do it. And so they finally had to say, you know, we have to get humans up there to touch the stuff and throw it over, you know? Wow. And so it's, it's really an interesting show. Yeah. You know, but anyway, stuff like that happens. It's this from a higher perspective. And when Joshua talks, they're talking from this perspective of eternity. So this perspective that's so high, it goes you know, way beyond the existence of Earth and way beyond life on Earth and way beyond the history of humanity and then way beyond our individual finite one here, one 100 year blip lifespans, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, like an event like Chernobyl, from the perspective of if you lived anywhere in Russia or anywhere in Eastern Europe or anywhere in Europe, you're like freaking out. But from the perspective of eons of history, it's just another little event. Does it really mean anything? Um, they were. I was watching a graph about GDP in human history, and so it goes flat for thousands of years, and then the last hundred years goes straight up. Right? It's this. <laughs> Not even, right. it just goes to one point and then straight up, the Industrial Revolution. And here we yeah. are. And it's like accelerating faster and faster and faster and faster in that long view of history. But we look at our lives from, you know, I was born in 1963. So it's like, an, it's like a distant age, the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. The cars we used to drive, the way we would communicate, the way we would travel, the opportunities that we had. And then all these amazing inventions and technology that's come through. Here we are now in 2019, it's like a completely different world. Well, we're looking at Chernobyl, which is 86. And we think back in our memories, 86 was pretty modern time. And then you look at what they were doing, how they were interacting themselves, the technology they had, it really looked like it was the Stone Age compared Mm. to now. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, amazing. we've come a long way. I mean, just look, at, I'm always amazed by cell phones. It's like we're holding little computers in our hands at all times. We have access right. to the world at all times. Yeah. Like, yes. Pretty soon it's going to be in our um, attached to our head or something. <laughs> all I have to do is think Kyla. <laughs> oh, there's Kyla. <laughs> you can do that now. That's what I, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the muggles. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking when I was traveling, like, you know, if I if my if I lost my cell phone or if it, if I dropped it and it broke, I would be shit out of luck. I mean, you know, I got everything, you know, I wouldn't be shit out of luck, but I'd be in bad shape without be my very phone. Inconvenient. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we moved here to North Carolina and from Florida, you can navigate without without a cell phone. 
it's a grid. So you pretty much know that the ocean's over here. I'm going north this way and south this way and <laughs> east this way and west this way. North Carolina right. is just nothing but circles. Sixty <laughs> pass, you know, and 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 for the longest time, I'd go five miles away and need my GPS to get back home. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think about us as kids, where we would just go all day long. I'd leave to school in the morning, and I would get home sometime before sunset. My parents <laughs> would go the entire day with not really having a clue where I was. <laughs> and occasionally they might call a friend's house or something, you know, but the oh, for them. I didn't know where they were all day. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get a hold of them if I needed to. Yeah. Right. And, and you now, survived. Oh yeah. my goodness. Not only did we survive, but we thrived and it was fun. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'd want to be a kid now where. So many restrictions. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm lorded over by this device, you know, at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like seeing the streetlights starting to flicker and be like, everybody, oh, let's go, get on your bike, let's go. Because like the streetlights are flickering. <laughs> and if you weren't home by the time the streetlights were on, oh man, you were busted. <laughs> <laughs> I was in eighth grade, seventh grade or eighth grade. And so I'm like probably 13 years old or 14. My friend and I decided to, we're living in San Diego, get on a bus and just go to Old Town, to, you know, total cross town kind of thing. We get off, we hang out in Old Town, we walk around, and then there's no bus left to take us home, right? <laughs> and so we had to call our parents, and they're like, oh, you're, you're gone, you're not here. <laughs> no big deal, they come pick us up, everything's fine. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> Nowadays, people would panic. Well, you wouldn't. You'd have your GPS on your kid. You know exactly where they were. What are yeah. you doing crossing that freeway? Yeah. <laughs> um, in you know, I spend summers with my mom in New York. She does lights at night, and a lot of times I couldn't stay up as long as she was doing her show for. So I would either get a cab ride home. And I'd have to wake up the cabbie so he didn't fall asleep as he's outro. Or I take the subway home by myself. I'm 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Taking the subway home. Never had and this is the 70s in New York. It's different than now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No big deal. It's one in the morning, 14, 15 year old taking the subway home by himself. And flying yeah. by myself too. It's great. Yeah. yeah, we got street skills, you know. Yeah, yeah smart, definitely street skills. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it, Mark. Yeah. Well, I think that manifestation events give, give us street skills, too. If we totally. overcome obstacles, then we build a level of confidence because we've expanded to another level. And what I see a lot of in my friends and their kids is that they're trying to sidestep these manifestation events. Right. You know, by smoothing over or yeah. warning them about things yeah. that could happen. Yeah. You know, saving yeah, them. That's that. hard as a parent, Tracy, Kyla. I mean, I, I even with it, with grown adult children now, I still want to be like, oh, no, 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 as help, like I'm trying to help them just yeah. navigate and not have to go through all the different things I did. But then if I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't be here. So they need to go through them. And it's just, yeah. it's just hard. Just a natural instinct it's to want to help. Yeah. <laughs> I'll catch you. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Even, even with our parents, you know, hmm. they're, yeah. they feel yeah. like our children. Hard. Now, yeah. You know? yeah, come on, dad. What are you doing? This come on, dad. I sent you this information, you know. And yeah, well, it's like my dad. I mean, he fell and broke his shoulder, had a shoulder repairs because he was had a little too much scotch that night. And it's like I've been telling you know, wanting to tell him, dad, you know, lay off, slow down. But it, it's his yeah. life, it's his journey. He's experiencing stuff. All I can do is love him and accept him, and that's what yeah. I do. And I get some interesting looks from my brothers, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's, it's it interesting. what Tracy said, like I was thinking, is it a natural instinct or is it, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's natural because, because we, we learn to be fear-based and worrying. Like yes, if I don't absolutely. worry about my kids, I don't love them. Oh, you know, yes. like that's Big my job is to work. 
Big time. Yeah. You know, when I was going through all my shit, that was my biggest thing. Oh, if I'm not holding them in my mind 100% of the time, something might happen to them. I mean, I was paranoid right. that they were out in the world. And if I didn't, you know, okay, I've got them. I've got them. I've got them in the bubble kind of thing. And I thought if I let them out of the bubble, <laughs> yeah. I was going to break loose, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so yeah. if you imagine, like, if you were really indoctrined with, like, the Joshua information, got growing yeah. up around you really had that. And then you had kids. Yeah. I think, it, I think it'd be a different. Well, like um, look at Kyla's kids. Yeah. And, and, totally, and yeah. Our, our group, Aaron's kids and Sargun's kids. I mean, they're all getting this benefit of their moms. Yeah. Going through, right. You know, yeah. this awakening and having all these extra tools in their tool belt. Tracy and I had two tools. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's still interesting because it's like this in between where neither quite feels natural, you know, because wow, like yeah. that was a natural instinct, the overprotection, because it was ingrained so deeply. And yeah. like, and I've spent a lot of time like reprogramming my own mind, you know, to where that does come more naturally. But there's also sometimes some friction between the two. Oh, but yeah. It's place to be but yeah always Kyla I don't yeah. think that will ever go away for anybody no right. matter how much of these teachings you practice right. and you know I mean for me growing up without the teachings I was more patient with my children than others but you know whatever I'm not comparing just saying you know this is the right. different experiences we had um yeah. but now knowing these teachings I'm you know very much allowing with them but it, I don't think that feeling will ever go away which Joshua always said it stems from you know us being afraid of feeling, you know, negative emotion. Cause I know anytime my kid gets hurt or something bad happens, I'm going to feel negative emotion. That's never going to go away. I don't think mm. that could ever, ever be, you know, diminished or, you know, completely. Really? Well, it could be diminished. It I could, think be it could be diminished, diminished, but like to, yeah, Stephanie, like, you know, I but know will, like, as not mothers. eradicated completely. Yeah. Right. Not eradicated. Yeah. Always, yeah. We'll always feel fear if they ever get hurt or we see something bad happen. I mean, we can process it now. We have this, thank right. God. But we'll, I, yeah, I, well, it's funny, Tracy, because I—it's more like with the, the getting the hurt thing. Like I see that with my grandson. It's like if you want to, you know, roll in the mud, roll in the mud. I don't care. Good for you. But if you're going to run across the street, I'm going to have to stop you. you yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to stop you. It's like I can't get that part out of it. No, out of me, no, know? no. Of course. Yeah. Well, look at Tracy though with your kids who might have an issue at a class in school, right? You don't allow yourself to be brought down into a negative emotion because you're not perceiving a future where that grade is critical for their future. You understand that it doesn't really make a difference, that you can't see the future. And so you don't punish them or scold them or tell them they're, you know, they're not doing what they should be doing. You allow them to go through that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's not like running in the street. It's so what if you fail? Yeah. You want to go to school? Quit school. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But most people wouldn't yeah. do that because most no. people yeah. fear that they yeah. know the future, you know? Totally. And that yep. future they have in their mind is not going to work out if the kid doesn't graduate. Yeah. I'm very yeah. allowing there well, you, and you, on a lot of other things. Yeah. yeah. You can't know the future, you know? Right. So... Uh, and so I wonder, you know, obviously you adopt a learning belief. You cannot cast it aside. It's always with you. All you can do is reduce the intensity of it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not to avoid negative emotion. It's to be able to push through whatever fear comes up when you're inspired to do something. That's the reason to do it. We don't want to get into this habit of trying to avoid or diminish negative emotion because we actually are, as we get better at this, the negative emotion becomes more intense and that's yes. actually what we want. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to make because in the beginning, I think I kind of interpreted it that I, if I had negative emotion, that was a bad, like I should be beyond that or something, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it is. And I yeah. kind of thought the more I learned, the lesser it would get. Although now it's more <laughs> like a quick jab, like, Ugh, and then it's over where before it would be a jab and then, weeks later, you know, I was, it would go over, but now it's kind of like, uh, all right. Uh, okay. Yeah. But the natural instinct to control our children is so that they don't get hurt so that we don't feel negative emotion. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this up. It's been about an hour. 
I knew I should. I knew I should have left you guys. I knew. I, I, I think I'm affecting this podcast. Yeah. Would be done. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead with the question. Uh, who wants to read for Jessica? I'll read. Okay. Okay. Dear Joshua, I'm interested in communicating with animals and other physical beings, plants, trees, rocks, clouds, etc., for their inherent wisdom. I once communed with a giant sequoia who invited me to understand and see the big picture of creation. The information I received was so beautiful that I wrote an essay about it. On a different occasion, I interacted with a group of wasps and felt great love, connectedness, and gratitude flowing both ways. In week five of the boot camp material, you mentioned that how a human living in the old approach to life is more limited than how another human sees source from the new approach to life. That statement made sense to me. You also said that how a squirrel sees source is less limited than how an ant sees source. That statement intrigued me. I always assumed that non-human beings were balancers of energy, helpers that regulated human resistance on Earth. So I was surprised to learn that their perception of source varies and apparently to great degrees. Could you explain how and why a squirrel's perception of source is less limited than ants? Do the animals that we perceive as highly intelligent and wise, owls, eagles, whales, dolphins, or elephants, have the least limited perception of source? What about an amoeba or bacteria and microbes? I find it strange that their perception of source would be more limited. After all, non-humans aren't limited by an old approach to life, or are they? I understand that a limited perception of source is just as valid as an unlimited perception of source. Still, I'm curious to know which non-human beings on Earth currently have the least limited perception of source. Please help me expand my understanding in this regard. Thanks so much. With love, Jessica. Super interesting and high-level question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had that same thing with, with bees one time. They were like, all these bees were attacking my um, hummingbird feeders, and the hummingbirds couldn't get to the feeders, and I was getting really upset with the bees. And then I just walked out there, and I stood amongst the bees and just calmed myself. And it was they just, like, all kind of calmed, and they ended up leaving. And it was so weird because like a minute I let go of my resistance to these bees and just said, all right, this is nature. You guys work it out. I'm sure it's all going to, you know, work out how it's supposed to work out. And they just kind of left. It was just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But share that, share what happened after you got like eight stings, right? Yeah. I I didn't get one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 a different story. So, I mean, I get you know, what she's talking about here. All right. Tracy, you want to read for Joshua? I will. Dear Jessica, evolution is really the evolution of perspective. It is moving from a limited perspective to a limitless perspective. Think of a single cell amoeba. It is conscious, that is true, but its perspective is limited to how it feels. It feels connected to source. It feels good. It does not feel fear or emotional pain. It does not perceive anything wrong is happening. This perspective is fully aligned with source's perspective, yet it is a highly limited perspective. It cannot see source fully. It only has the direct connection with source. It, from its limited perspective, cannot feel less than source. It only has one perspective. It is source. Right? So that's what the limited perspective is. We think the higher perspective is to perceive yourself only as source. Right? And so that's what the basis of that question was. But the, the, it's just saying that this is one perspective of source that's so in line with how source already feels. And if physical reality is designed to give many perspectives of source, this is the most limited perspective because it is the perspective that source has anyway, other than it's physical. Hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? So it's less broad. It's less broad perspective, right? Right. It's like more narrow rather than higher or lower. Right. Right. Like a more narrow perspective. And how does free will fit in with that, with a amoeba, for instance? They really, does, does an amoeba really have the luxury of free will? So we are all 
on this stream of intentions we set prior to our birth. Uh And so the amoeba is just living in that stream. Mm. So it doesn't want have any desires to live outside of that stream. It has simple intentions, very simple intentions. And so we come in with the same intentions, yet we adopt limiting beliefs and we think we should be, you know, doing things differently than just going along with the flow of life. We think we should control and make things happen. Hmm. So our, uh, our free will is the freedom to see anything by any perspective, to think any thought, and to adjust the intensity of any belief. We don't have to live with the beliefs we have right now. We can, right. we can look at those beliefs and we can analyze them. And we don't have to say they're true or false. We just say, is this a limiting belief? And is this an empowering belief? And if it's empowering, we can raise the intensity of that belief through gratitude and appreciation. And if it's limiting, we can prove we can analyze it and prove that it's false every time. And so that's the work that we do while we're here in this Joshua group. This is what we've learned to do. And in processing those limiting beliefs, we don't get more and more of the same manifestation events because now we've changed that belief. We might get deeper and different faceted looks you know, of that limiting belief, but in doing the work, we raise our vibration to become a match to what we truly want. So do you think then that comes to down to choice? We have choices where the amoeba doesn't necessarily have as many choices. Yeah, because we have a broader perspective. So we can choose the limiting perspective, limited perspective, or we can choose the higher perspective. We can all do that, right? Their level. They have no reason to choose a limited perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't, perceive anything outside themselves Hmm. they don't have any false desires and they don't suffer anything, but neither do squirrels. You know, squirrels aren't building houses because they hate the rain like we do, you know. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. A limited perspective of source is not a good or bad thing. This environment was designed to encapsulate and aggravate infinite perspectives. Once a perspective has been achieved, then it must evolve to something more. Otherwise, the system would serve no more useful purpose. The system of physical reality allows for the perspectives and perceptions of source to evolve, mutate, change, and expand. This is how source gains a better understanding to itself. You are an aspect of source, experiencing the most limitless perspective of source so far. That means that the illusion that you are not source is vital to your exploration of physical reality. So we're exploring this perspective that we are not source. Mm. Well, no other animal does that, right? Right. right. And, and then now we come into doing both. Mm. We are simultaneously exploring this experience as not source. And in these teachings and other teachings, we are also exploring this idea that we are source at the same time. Yeah. That's never been possible before. If you think a thousand years ago too, well, they'll get into this, but if you're in, you know, living in England a thousand years ago, you're pretty much some form of Christian believing that you're not worthy of God. So you're completely exploring your, your detachment from source. Yeah. And so I guess that's probably how religions gained all their power. Yeah, yeah. by by making you feel less and less and less like a yeah. right, an aspect more of More and more detached. Right? Less and less perfect. Yeah. And the only way to get into the realm of heaven was to do whatever they told you to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to the next one. Yes, you are source. No, you don't feel as if you are, Source. You abide by the illusion that you are an individual human on Earth living a human life. You feel intense disconnection with Source. In fact, your illusion of disconnection is higher and stronger than any other life form. Yet, paradoxically, you have come to understand that you are Source. 
Do you see how limitless this perspective is? A squirrel does not doubt he is source the way you doubt it. The squirrel does not know he is source the way you know it. Therefore, your perspective of source is more nuanced and less limited. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And this Mm -hmm. is not just the evolution of all species, but the evolution of the human experience as well. Yeah. Squirrel does not know his source the way you know it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're little nuances though, I tell you. <laughs> Them and their nuances. <laughs> well, that was a great Joshua Live yesterday. Yeah. Uh, with your question, Wendy. Yeah. And and how they didn't really even answer your question. No, I you guys, question. I asked for Highland Mark, I asked this question like tail like um coattailing on to um, Melissa's question and they like kind of like answered it but then they went into the exact same thing that I just got off of a Skype with Astrid and we were talking about it and it was in my mind and we were Astrid and I were trying like going back and forth trying to figure out this thing and they came in and they started talking about I was just like boom (laughs) like they just totally read my vibration it was oh wow (laughs) nothing to do with the original question but everything to do with what i was feeling at the time yeah that's wild yeah yeah and i'm like i was i was channeling and i'm like where the hell's this going right right (laughs) did you i don't know if you can see my face either because i'm watching and i'm thinking and all of a sudden i just started smiling like oh my god yeah i saw that before like trying to formulate a question around that uh-huh. and I couldn't think of a question so just you know I'll just trust that whatever I'm supposed to get today I'll get and lo and behold wow, <laughs> wow. yeah I've, I remember Joshua doing that too like you'll ask sometimes you ask a specific question and they'll just kind of turn it around on you mm-hmm. and kind of talk about what you're going through like they've done yeah. it yeah yeah <laughs> okay let's go to the next one When you receive a perspective from a great sequoia, you can understand how the sequoia realizes it is source, does not doubt this perspective, and yet the perspective is limited compared to yours. The sequoia has no bills to pay, has no perception of future or past, cannot read or watch the news, and cannot move in time and space the way you can. Your perspective is greater, broader, and wider, as is your confusion. The sequoia remains in near-perfect alignment. You, by the influence of your beliefs and fears, move in and out of alignment. Right. So when you're in alignment, you can more easily perceive yourself as source. And when you're out of alignment, you can more easily perceive yourself as not source. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, Gary, do you ever think like the, the, the you 20 years ago would imagine like you're fielding questions about squirrels and sequoias. The, and- the me six years ago would have said, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, this might yeah. have been yeah. so Six funny. months ago, right? <laughs> squirrels and bees, talking to sequoias and bees. Yeah, and- yeah it's funny. Two hours ago, is like, this question is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. So, yeah, like I read this that I know Jessica, I know, you know, how spiritual she is. Right. And then when I hear that she talked to a sequoia, it doesn't even phase me. Not even, yeah, I didn't even neither. notice that wasn't a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had this experience with <laughs> Isabel. For her, huh? Isabel hypnotized me into the QHHT, brought me back to a past life. And I'm this Indian chief on my horse overlooking this, you know, I'm on a hill looking over my tribe with teepees and everything. There's a big mountain next to us. And I'm just watching everyone in the tribe go throughout whatever they're doing with this great feeling of pride, the most pride I've ever felt in my life. And wow. then I see everyone doing their thing. I see the, the hunters and the bow makers and the squaws and the children and the cooks and all this doing their activities to support this tribe in pure love with not one iota of status involved. So the chief doesn't feel higher in status than the medicine man or the squaw or the child. They are completely equal. Mm. And so that perspective was amazing to me and came at the exact right time. And I didn't doubt it at all. 
Mm. But six years wow. ago, I go, this is complete nonsense, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, I was listening to Abraham, so I totally was into Abraham and understood all that perfectly. And a few years before that, we had a friend of ours had a friend who came and spoke at our community center, and he was doing, he would be able to talk to dead relatives, and he, I was the first one he talked to and brought forth my uncle. Before that, I was looking at John Edwards and watching that show, and I loved it. You know? Oh, yeah, me too. Not only that, but one of my um, people that I know was, he's really into dancing, was his dance partner, and said that every, abs- every absolute aspect of John Edwards was true. Wow. There was no yeah, part of this was any, any show. I remember John Edwards being a big one for me. Like, this seems like the first kind of, you know, quote unquote, legit guy who's doing this. And he's on it. He's nailing it. And I remember that was huge for me. Like, this is kind of, this is a milestone, a big milestone here. And I also, you know, was into the amazing um, Kreskin, Kreskin. And, but I have friends who know that Kreskin, what he's doing as a mentalist is tricks, you know. Right. But the John Edwards thing was was completely different because yeah. those people were um, – sometimes he would look and it would be the cameraman's, you know. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. There was like no choice over it. So, and I remember right. first learning about Abraham. I'm like, you know, the channeling, I don't know if I believe it, but I, I love the information. Mm-hmm. But do, And then I re- even remember like, listen, you know, getting the tapes and wondering, you know, who kn- – like I believed it and I didn't think that they had the questions were planted, but, but there was a little bit of skepticism. Like what if, like, I, I just remember thinking about it. And I, and one reason why I went is just to kind of prove to myself that this is hundred percent on the up and up yeah. because the way that Abraham would answer the questions just used to amaze me. Yeah. Like yeah. you would never, they would never get stumped. And that blew my mind. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it was yeah. consistent, you know, there was never uh, a con message. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. When you communicate with a group of wasps and feel great love, you are feeling their perspective. You are experiencing their alignment. They have very little fear, and so they exist in a state of love. They do not waver as you do, and so their perspective is limited compared to yours and less limited compared to the sequoia. Great. Go to the next one. The animals who you perceive as intelligent have less limited perspectives because they are able to experience fear more directly. Most animals simply experience fear from a predator-prey viewpoint. The gazelle exists in a state of alignment the vast majority of the time. When it catches the scent of a predator, it receives fear and it acts on an urge to change the conditions. Once the threat has dissipated, the gazelle returns to its natural state of alignment love and well-being. The lion does not feel fear in the same way as the gazelle. Its fear is more nuanced and less limited. The lion feels fear during battles of supremacy, mating, and occasionally during a hunt. When the fear has dissipated, the lion returns to full alignment. Each and every animal comes into physical reality to experience itself as an aspect of source in a way that has never been possible previously. It is the evolution of perspective. Yeah, so I think that we all started out as single-cell amoebas, and we've all made it to where we are now. Hmm. There's an interesting topic. Maybe we'll have to ask uh, Joshua about that. As a single-cell amoeba, was I still, in essence, who I am now? Was was my essence, my soul, in that single-cell amoeba, and my soul has been expanding, or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think we just expanded. We came down. Yeah. Yep. And I bet, you know, we can we can identify each other easily based on how we perceive each other to look. And I wonder if amoebas can identify other amoebas. Oh, I'm sure they can. Vibrationally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next one. Humans have also evolved in perspective. 
Think of the experience of life that was available to humans a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 100 years ago, and even 50 years ago, compared to the abundance of experiences available to you today. You experience every aspect of physical human life in more abundance. You can travel to nearly any location, talk to any person, and access any information. Your perspective is less limited than at any time in the history of your society. You are at the tip of the evolution of perspective. And when you're talking Western society, I was listening to someone say that all of our ills and diseases and problems are problems of abundance. Yeah. Yep. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because we lack. have this, this you, know, you can't yeah. get um, annoyed in a TSA line without flying on planes, right? Right. right. You know, you can't have that experience. Mm. You know, you yeah. can't get upset at a delay or being on the tarmac for two hours unless you're flying around the world. You can't even get delayed. You can't even get upset about your toilet not flushing because you yeah. have indoor plumbing. You know, yeah. I mean? right? <laughs> exactly. So, so the so, don't have indoor plumbing yet. Yeah. Uh. So the the things that and then look at you know obesity. The obesity is obviously an abundance of available food and alcoholism and drug abuse, you know, drug abuse, um, sex addicts, everything is this abundance of potential. And as we evolve as humans, it's going to be more about finding this balance. Right. Right now we're in this abundance mode where we want to get more and more and more abundance and as we evolve, it'll be more and more of stripping away of that unnecessary stuff. Yes, yes, I totally feel that. I feel like, you know, with the technology and everything, we're going up, 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 till we get to this point where it's like, oh no, we want to go back more into a, a, a feeling human, not human, but a feeling um, source, soul connection versus I feel like now we're in the detaching of it almost where we'll come back to it at some point. Yeah, which is which is why people are finding this information now, because they're realizing that the spoils of abundance of a technological boom aren't bringing us satisfaction. We're creating all these things we think we want, and now we're saying, "Well, what if we just created what we truly want?" Yes, and it's because it's not what we truly want; it's what everything out there is telling us. I'm looking on, like I said, I'm carrying this phone around with me now, twenty four seven, and I'm seeing this you know, girl on Fiji Island with beautiful hair and beautiful makeup and a beautiful body. And it's like, well, shoot, I mean, if that, she can have it, I can have it. So now all of a sudden I have these desires that aren't really resonating with who I truly am and what I, what I truly came here for. So I think there's a lot of confusion right now with just because we're exposed to so much information that's yeah. not who we are. Well, oh think about goodness. our parents. So my dad's writing the story about his youth and he grew up in a on a little farm in South Africa, two bedrooms, no bathroom. Yeah. He lived with his grandparents and his mother. Him and his mother shared a bed. And he ate and they had servants. And he ate with the servants, servants took care of him. His parents and grandparents went to work all day long. So he stayed with the servants all day long. And then went to boarding school and all this other stuff. But no, you know, he got malaria, he got all these things. So from that lack, he says, I'm going to go to America, I'm going to have a job, I'm going to be wealthy. And he just got into that cycle of the Western thing. But he, but he could use that to feel wealthy because he came from such a different place. Well, we, I was raised in, in wealth, mm-hmm. you know, in America, in have a middle-class lifestyle, Pretty much having everything I wanted, had a bike, got a car when I was 16, traveled the world when I was a kid, uh, had Christmases, had a, a nice house, had great schools, had friends. I had everything, right? And so now I'm still, okay, so I got to go more. What's more than that? Yes. Oh, I got to build some kind of wealth and be happy. Yes. You know, yes. my dad was middle class. I got to get another rung. He didn't go to college. I got to go to college, all this stuff. And then I figured out that life was bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so then somehow I figured I found my, my way here and now I'm living in the moment, not in the future, 
in today, not yesterday or the, or 10 years ago and doing what I want to do in absolute freedom and true abundance and true satisfaction connection. Yet I'm still drinking wine, still eating, you know, pizza, still uh, watching TV, still on my phone, still playing video games, which, you know, it's not that anything's wrong with that, but I'm not a, I'm not a Zen master for, by any means. I do meditate, you know, so I'm, I'm adding that to this balance of everything. But, you know, so it's... Balance. That's the now, key. Now, the kids today come up with even more wealthy. Yeah. Right. Way more wealthy than we were when we were born. Oh, yeah. And the wealth is in terms of the availability of music and media and information and all this stuff, you know? And so who knows where that's going to go? But I think they're going to get... They're going. We took... Most of us... Kyla is one of the big exceptions. Get here in our 40s and 50s and 60s yeah. because we've experimented enough with life knowing that that doesn't work. And we've found our way here. And I think they're going to find their way here at an e- even younger age. Yeah. 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 Well, possibly. All right. Let's go. Did you say possibly? Possibly. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> you could be. Infinite yeah. possibilities. I do just want to say, though, you know, this is a great question. I, you know, I was kidding before when I said to Je- about Jessica. Um, but I think it's super important to connect with nature. I mean, I've connected with trees and, you know, stuff like that. And I try to get out, you know, as much as I can and walk around on the earth barefoot because that's the connection to earth. And it really, you know, when you get grounded, it's, it's, it could really yeah. heal internally. Especially if you can do that in the seawater. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so important. You see all the animals running around. They don't wear shoes, right? They're connected to Gaia. They're connected. And it's very, you know, empowering. Yeah. So all this stuff is. <laughs> Some really- of my most fabulous conversations are with animals. I, yeah. I think they're just, they have so much knowledge for us and it's just, I, yeah. I enjoy it. Um, Wendy, could oh, you what? please keep that to yourself? Cause you're freaking. Yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the next one. Last and so, yep. And last one. And so as you navigate your reality, you somehow stumbled onto these teachings you found yourself interested in ideas beyond the realm of your physical environment. This has led you to an even greater perspective, one that has never been available before. You now see yourself as an aspect of source, as well as an isolated individual speck of humanity living on a soaring ball of fire, nope. cruising through nope, the universe. Not ball of fire. Definitely not ball a ball of life. Fire. Sorry. Soaring, wow. soaring ball of life. Thank you. Just ruined it. Let's go back. Mary, you can go edit back. that out. Start over. Edit that out later. Yeah, edit that out. Yeah. You now see yourself as an aspect of source, as well as an isolated individual speck of humanity living on a soaring ball of life, cruising through the universe on its way to infinity. Now that is some new, something new indeed. Bravo. Good job, Tracy. Good job, With Tracy. our love, we are Joshua. Oh, you take Mark's line from. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Edit it out. Go ahead, Mark. No, no, no. It's all right. I mean, I think I'm going to be edited out of this whole thing anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, hi, Minnie Kyla. Hi, <laughs> For those who don't know, Mark was actually not in Greece. He was just edited out of the last two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We just like to make excuses for him. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should cut together only Mark's parts. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cut him off now. Look. All right. I would, you know, I would like to hear a compilation of all of Mark's hellos and goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh, there he is. He's back. There he is. All right. Thank you, guys. This has been a wonderful and enlightening conversation, silly and fun, like always. Uh, We're starting a new boot camp July 8th, Monday, July 8th. If you'd like more information on that, just email me to joshuateachings at gmail.com, and we'll have a conversation about that. We've got a whole... If you have any questions about the boot camp, reach out to one of us. I mean, we'd love to share our our, um, experiences. You can connect with all of us on Facebook. That's right. Mark. Mark hasn't the boot camp yet. Join the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. Reach out. The Friends of Joshua Facebook group 
watch our other podcast, Joshua Live. You can participate in Joshua Live if you feel like it. It's free. Just go to the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. On Mondays, we post the link to it, and you can connect to us via Zoom. Just watch. You can turn off your, your screen if you want to. You can mute yourself. You don't have to talk. It's fun to do that, but if you want to talk, you can absolutely ask Joshua a question. And if you have Mondays, a question, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yep. Yeah. If, you, if you have a question, you can send that question to Joshua at joshuateachings at gmail.com. We also have a seven-day course that's free. It's how to raise radically raise your vibration by processing limiting beliefs. Also send an email to joshuateachings at gmail, and I'll send that out to you, plus two free meditations. Thank nice. you guys for being here. It's been a wonderful show as always. Love seeing you all together. And we have to get together soon. So Yes. Yeah, yes, do we do. Yes, we please. Yes, please. All right. Thanks for being here. And until next time, have a great weekend. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.